0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 158 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnip, sitting in the host chair, alone per usual in the podcast studio, joined via FaceTime by my friends James Cook and Andrew Rosenthal. Boys, we had a great weekend, except for one thing, and I have to bring it up because you guys should have saw the look on my face last night when I got the text from Andrew. No extra point. We have to talk about the worst beat in the world. Andrew... (laughs) Andrew texted me and James yesterday morning. It was like, "Hey guys, good bet for the day. Uh, Bears are plus ten. Do you guys want to? You know, you should make that bet. You know." And I'm. And then going, they move to plus eleven. And they too. move it to hold on. They move it to plus eleven right before the game. But I go to Andrew. I go. Even though it's the playoffs, you know the Bears are the worst team in the playoffs, in my opinion. And And I I against Drew Brees, and and I mean you brought up that stat. You're like they're 14 and one against the spread in the last two years, and I'm just like, what?
1: What underdogs are 14 and one against the spread the last two years?
0: Well, now 14, yeah, yeah, but 14 and two now, but 14 and three. Oh yeah, sorry.
1: Titans lost against the spread too. Okay,
0: but regardless, regardless, you said this, and I'm just like, ah, it has to happen somewhere. So I'm not making that bet, but both of these guys make this bet, and I texted them. There was like eight minutes left in the game. And I was sitting there with my roommate, and uh, you know, I told him about the bet. And I go, I gotta, t- I gotta see how they're feeling about this. You guys, they were down by 17 points, and I already left. New Orleans had the ball. New Orleans went down and like drove the ball all the way down to the one yard line, and then Drew Brees obviously was like a quarter inch from scoring and just ending this bet outright, but he didn't. And then there's a minute. No, they,
1: he did. They he scored. They signaled touchdown. But then for whatever. For whatever reason,
0: they review it. I I don't know that it was a touchdown. I didn't personally. I didn't think there was conclusive evidence to actually overturn the call. There wasn't. Which I I can get into that whole thing as to how in God's name the NFL—they have 17 video replays a a game. How in God's name they literally do not have a camera stationed at every single corner of the end zone from the ceiling, directly on the line. Like they're not. There's no human error that should be there. There should be cameras that are literally outlining. The scoring that's a, that's a and question, everything. That's a question for another day. We're yeah, but, about, okay, but still. Now we're down
1: by 17.
0: Just, and... this, I, I can make a long story short. The Bears had six first downs the entire game. <laughs> a minute and 20 seconds left. Somehow, Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears drive 99 yards in a minute and 20 seconds and score a touchdown with zero time remaining on the clock to make it 20-9, to nine, which is the 11-point spread. 12. Or 20, 21 to nine, which is yeah twenty one to nine, which is which gives it twelve, and then they don't kick the extra point to make it eleven and push the bet, and Andrew lost his his mind, and I've, I I laughed so hard
1: because I was listening on the radio at that point because I don't have cable, I don't have direct TV. How am I supposed to watch a game? I just hear Jeff Joniak on on Sirius XM, um, who's the Bears radio announcer. He goes, "The Bears have scored a touchdown," and he's like actually sounding excited. For like the, and he's like and they're gonna get an extra point chance wait no they're, they're not they're going to the locker room and i'm like why what is the What's determination the- to where you d- to kick the extra point or not apparently there's a rule
2: change because it, it doesn't matter yeah, yeah
1: there was a rule change made in 2019 after the minneapolis miracle where they forced the saints to come out of the locker room and kick the extra point i think it happened in green bay um too they said they don't have to do that anymore if they don't want to
0: yeah, and it's—I mean—it was game over. I mean, Trey Burton who caught the touchdown, which was hey spectacular. No, catch. Jimmy Graham. Oh, it was Jimmy Graham. Graham? You're right. Sorry, not Trey that Burton. It was an amazing anyway. catch. Amazing. He ran right into the locker room. He got up. He didn't even celebrate his team. He ran directly into the locker room. He literally—I <laughs> think he—he still, he still had the ball in his hand and just ran into the locker room. So I was like, it's game over, huh? But talk about that could a, be the last catch of Jimmy Graham's career. Talk about a bad <laughs> beat.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah so it would have because it would have been
2: a push if they make the a, if they make your point. It would have been a
1: push. You would have got your money back Which they might have actually done. We would have
0: won. Well, we'd have pushed. We'd have got our money back. At no, the very no, I said if they no, went for two. If they win for two. Oh, but, if they went for two. Yeah, but I even laughed. I was I like, what if why they go? I was like, What if they go for two and then they miss it? And then everybody's gonna be really mad. So I just had to bring that <laughs> I up. I was
1: more mad that they got the touchdown because it gave the bet a chance. Like if you would have yeah. lost 20, twenty-one, this twenty-one, this three. I'm like, yeah, whatever. We lost. Yeah,
0: but then they get that but close. No,
1: the, they brought the whole extra point to in, and I'm like, okay, so. Do we now change the rule, like the NCAA? So the NCAA did this. They changed the rule to where you know how teams like chuck the ball across the court at the last second. If yeah, they just um, throw backwards and try shot.
0: to get there. Yeah, or in basketball, if the you're ball
1: saying. goes out of bounds with like a half. They're going to now review this. So if the ball goes out of bounds if, with like a half second on the clock, they're gonna give the other team a chance to throw, do another half court shot.
0: Yeah, because it's three point. Yeah, they changed you, that rule. You only need point three seconds to get a shot off.
1: Yeah, so they they changed that rule to where if there's point three, if there's Time on the clock, they're going to give the ball
2: back um, on a half court shot. Yeah, on a full court shot. Yeah, the good thing about this whole game is that it ends the debate that some uh, some people thought that Mitch Trubisky was a good quarterback. Now suddenly, because they had that little run at the end of the season and he had a good winning record, but he hadn't really done a whole lot. It was all David Montgomery, and uh, so at least now we have that tr- that debate settled. I hope. This is already too much talk about the Bears, though. I know, though. I
0: know. So we're going to go ahead and <laughs> tell you what's in, what's in store for the rest of this episode. We have a great episode. We are, like, over the moon over what happened this past week. Yes, two of our local teams got buys, but all six of the football teams... Six for six. That, are still, ...that were in the playoffs over the break after that extended 56-day layoff, they all move on to the next round. Sutton's Bay is going to be in the state finals, and then our other five teams are in the state semifinals for football for the 2020-21 season. We're going to talk about each one of those games in this episode, what happened last week, and we're going to preview what's about to happen this week. So make sure you stick around. We're going to do a couple before our interview. Um, Our interview today is with Traverse City Central's Carson Bordeaux, the wide receiver and defensive back who helped lead the Trojans to their first regional title in 32 years. Really excited to get a chat with him. Uh, He had a great interview, so make sure you Stick around to hear from Carson. After that, we're going to talk about a few more of those football games with Joburg and Traverse City St. Francis and Cadillac and Grayling. I mean, all these teams did such amazing things last weekend that we just have an action-packed show of football, 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 which is just so awesome um, that we actually get to talk about sports that have happened. Uh, We are going to get into another rendition of the Hall of Fame, which is extremely exciting because... It has been way too long since we were able to honor some of our local athletes for their performances, and we had some really, really good performances in those regional finals, and uh, you're going to hear about those later. And then we're going to get into another rendition of the trifecta, and you will find out how much fun we have with that later. Before we get too deep, always got to remind you, this episode is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's Freak Yeah. Let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world, which is actually pulsating again, and get into the pulse. We have three games that we're going to talk about here before we get into our interview with Carson. And that's going to be Traverse City Central, Cadillac, and Grayling. Those are the three games that we actually attended and covered this weekend. Thank God we got to get out. Thank God we got to see these kids play. And everything went smoothly for our local teams. You know, this antigen testing program has gone well. Uh, for both football and volleyball thus far. Uh, Obviously, we had Suttons Bay and Traverse City St. Francis. Those two teams had games canceled because of coronavirus, either numbers or because of positive tests on the opposing teams. But we'll get to that a bit later. I want to dive into these first couple. And we're going to save Traverse City Central for last in this first segment because we're going to lead into Carson with it. But James, big day in Grayling. I want to start there. We 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 talked we had Hunter Ventline on this podcast a few weeks ago. The rough start that they had, the year that it's been for Grayling, and they go out and they get their first ever regional title on their home field in a dominating fashion. You just told me if there's anything you took away from that game is that David Milliken is just a straight monster. Yeah, he's just
2: Ridiculous! the The photo that we had of him just standing over the Nagani running back flexing after he had just destroyed him, I think, was kind of indicative of the game on offense and defense. He was just everywhere. Obviously, they had other players making a lot of plays too, but man, Milliken just makes a difference in that game uh, and every game. Two hundred and sixty-eight yards on eighteen carries, five touchdowns. Also led the team with thirteen tackles. He was just he was just everywhere, and he was just. He had a couple of times where he did like the the Madden spin move, spun right between two Nagati players and then kind of almost hit each other. And and then he had a couple of times where he just turned the Jets on and outran everybody. So, I mean, he's a pretty complete running back. I see him next year getting some pretty good looks, you know, from at least D2 schools.
0: I mean, I was listening to the radio as I left my Cadillac game and they or on my way to the Cadillac game and they were just finishing up that game. And the guys on the radio, you know, once again, I, I personally I haven't got I haven't gotten to see Grayling play this year. I haven't got to see David Milliken on the field. I I usually put the majority of my weight in the eye tester. Obviously, I trust you guys with what you guys say. But I mean, you're not from what now I know, you guys aren't the only ones saying this. The guys on the radio, maybe from Grayling or whatever, but they're like, I really do believe this kid is probably one of the best backs in the state. And after looking at his stats from the year, and if you include the stuff from the, the playoffs, what would you say? He has like 14 touchdowns in the playoffs alone. He's got he's well 15. over, yeah, he's well over like the 35 or 40 mark of touchdowns for the season now as a 20, running.
2: 29, 29, I think. Okay. Yeah, 29 rushing touchdowns this season.
0: That, I thought he had like 24 during the regular season.
2: He has a couple more, like uh, I think on receiving. Okay, and, and defense. but yeah, but yeah,
0: I'm saying well over, Two, but... well, well over 30, maybe even 40 total touchdowns. Right? That is. Nuts, he might actually be one of the best running backs in the state yeah and and averaging in the playoffs,
2: I mean over ten yards a carry for the entire playoffs he has seventy three carries for seven hundred and forty yards
1: I mean he's what two fifty something and he runs faster than most kids that are half the size
2: yeah he's he's probably about two two oh five I would say you know he's not he I mean, he's like about five ten five eleven maybe but the guy he, is but, just a, but he's he, well you simply just don't <laughs> tackle him. No, you can't arm tackle him. Um, he's powerfully built too.
0: Well, yeah. I, after looking at that photo, like you said, that we ran in the newspaper, it, I, I just I took what I took from it was the kid was the kid was dead on the ground, and David had enough time to stand up and celebrate, and the kid just didn't want to stand up after getting hit by that <laughs> freight train. I mean, I, I I never saw the kid before in all the photos. I mean, this kid looks like he's stocky, he's built, and he looks like he ain't going down for nobody. Um, Grayling obviously did a great job of. Uh, you know, riding him, but you talked to Hunter Ventline, you talked to a couple of those other guys who did, did things for them. I mean, what did what they do in looking forward now towards Montague? We know that Montague is a, is a you know perennial powerhouse, but what, what is their what is their emotion? How is this attitude? I mean, first ever regional title, and they're really, if you look at it, they got to do it on their home field, unlike Cadillac.
2: Yeah, they got to do it on their home field. They didn't have to move their game. They, uh, they I think they waited a little bit longer to uncover the field so it didn't get as frozen. And then I'm not exactly sure what exactly they did to it after that, but, I mean, there was no snow on that grass whatsoever. I mean, it was just bare grass. It was brown grass because it had been covered in snow for weeks, but it was just grass. I, I don't know if they had done some kind of suction thing or something to get the, you know, all the snow off some kind of, like, leaf blowers or something. But, man, they had that whole surface really well done. Yeah, and, and I
1: didn't realize till I saw your photos that, they literally painted the lines orange.
2: They did. That was yeah, awesome. so that everybody could see them.
1: That was awesome. Like, it wasn't, I don't know if that was just, because uh, I read your story, and I'm like, maybe hunter orange. But no, the, the stripes in the field were literally hunter orange.
2: Yeah, and that's something they hadn't done before this season. It was just something that uh, Nate Morey, the AD, got an idea to do this week, I guess. and uh, And they just went ahead with it.
1: That's awesome because
2: they had to redo the lines anyway because they've yeah. been sitting there under snow for months so they were kind of messed
0: up.
1: Is that and, the first uh, team ever to play a game of football on orange stripes?
0: I mean, probably not, but it's still cool. I going to say think about like Boise Boise State probably had made it orange at one point <laughs> with that blue field. <laughs> but James, I just I, you you said that you got a little bit of insight on Montague. What do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up this weekend with Grayling? Um, well, you know, Montague is
2: a. a, a Perennial powerhouse, like you said, um, and people that uh, follow Traverse City St. Francis know that. They've run into him in the playoffs a couple times, a couple years ago when they had Danny Passano at quarterback and Joey Mazlokovic. They ran into Montague in the semifinals and uh, you know they ran into uh, some big kids there. <laughs> um, and the, again, the same thing is going to happen here. I mean, Montague's got a 285 uh, pound lineman who's going to Grand Valley State, uh, they got another kid who's uh, going to Michigan Tech. They're they're the same kind of as they usually are. They're a pretty big juggernaut, and they're at Division Six this year instead of Division Seven when they ran into St. Francis a couple of years ago.
0: So Grayling is going to have a uh, a tall task on their hands, but we're talking yeah. about a team that is running hot. Yeah. They dropped fifty points on you know in a, in, a, in a regional final. They have been the offense has been running hot. I, I'm excited to see that game and see if they can pull that upset.
2: Yeah, Montague was ranked number one in the Division 6 rankings. They are the team that make that Glen Lake beat in overtime last year on the Brett Peterson touchdown catch in overtime to get to the finals.
0: So maybe a little bit more Northern Michigan Magic for a repeat. Now, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and dive into the game that I went to, which it was Cadillacs versus Forest Hills Eastern. And, I mean, they had to move it to Thoroughby because the field froze over, unsafe conditions. Uh, it was a bit late of a game, but, you know, they did all these switches, got to play on turf. And to start that game, Cadillac – was just, they were all out of sorts. And, you know, we talked to a bunch of these coaches and volleyball coaches, football coaches. They were all worried about the 56-day layoff and having to shake off the rust and maybe some sloppy play in the first bit. That's exactly what happened for Cadillac in the first the first half of that game. I mean, they had three fumbles, three turnovers. Um, they couldn't really get anything going outside of when Aiden Gurdon you know, scrambled out of a, um, an option and made a huge, like, 30-yard gain that set up the first score from Noah Cochran. But it was 20-6 to at halftime, and i got to be honest with you, it did not look like Cadillac had anything going for him. Right, at, right before the, the end of the half, Cadillac was making their best drive, got down to the one-yard line, after which this, this kind of stunk. They, they threw a pass, about 35-40-yard pass. He dove for the pylon, and they, they marked him a yard short when he dove for the pylon. And, you know, with review or whatever, you know, you would like to see if it was actually like that. But they marked him short. The very next play, they run a QB sneak, and it fumbles on the goal line, and they recovered it on the one-yard line with 44 seconds left in the half. And that kind of just, like, took the wind out of Cadillac's sails, and I was like, oh, Wardy, uh, But they came back, and then right out, of the, right out of the gate, you know, Cadillac got the ball. They drove down the field 75 yards. Uh, Carter Harsh went ahead and, you know, put that, put that in the end zone, like, four minutes after the half, and then Cadillac was on a roll. There was a total of eight or maybe nine turnovers. I didn't, and I thought I annotated nine, but when I went back, I counted eight. But there was at least, you know, five in the second half for Cadillac that they were able to take the possession of the game and kind of take it to Forest Hills Eastern. When they came back and, you know, they were down 23 to 20, it didn't look like they would be stopped. They were actually handing off the ball, executing. And then, you know, they were giving it to Noah Cochran and uh, Carter Harsh and everything all day, and then they just dropped the. Uh, The ball up the middle to Caleb McKinney, their fullback, and he just did some work on this last drive. Basically got them the last, like, 12, 15 yards to just plow it home and take the lead, and then the defense did its work. Forced two turnovers in the next two drives from the Hawks and took that game, winning their first-ever regional title at Cadillac, moving on to the semifinals. It was a really big deal for them. Of course, they wish they could have done it on their home field as well, but nonetheless, I mean, a first regional title for two of our schools. Moving on, I think that is just such such an awesome accomplishment. Moving on for them. They are going to be playing Edwardsburg, which absolutely destroyed their opponent in that regional final. Um, I think it was by about 35 points. For those who don't know, Edwardsburg is about two miles north of the Indiana border, near South Bend. Uh, so this is a pretty mm-hmm. long drive. This is basically exact opposites uh, parts of the state for this, almost like the majority of our schools are doing this week. But um, from what yeah, from a lot of long the, trips. From what I know, I mean Cadillac is going to be the underdog in this game, but from what I saw, they have the heart. They have what it takes to make this happen. It's just about execution, and I think you know Cody Mallory said they really shook off the rust, and they've been a second half team the whole season. But they really shook off the rust in that first quarter, and then put it all together in that second half. So, with and another- that's
1: really been the story of this Cadillac team all season, like a team that you don't really think was going to be good, but then turns around and now they're a state semifinalist. I mean,
0: they're, only, they're they're seven and two. The only two teams they lost to is Cadillac or Traverse City Central and Traverse City West. Obviously, Traverse City Central. Also a state semifinalist, so that's a great loss. Um, and we know Traverse City West—that's the biggest school in our area, biggest school north of Lansing, basically. Uh, so and they also had a very good
2: season as exactly.
0: well. Exactly. So you, they, you know, they're nothing to scoff at. I think Cadillac has a has a good shot at taking down Edwardsburg. I, you know, I I don't know anything very much about Edwardsburg just yet. We'll find more out. But what I do know about Cadillac is. They have a defense. Colin Johnston is a madman. He he is all over the field. He hits as hard as anybody I've seen in the area this year. He he's running that defense. Dan Gray is a great cornerback. Both those guys who made our All Region team. There there's there are some good players on Cadillac. And as long as they can keep that offense flowing and mix in the passes like they did against Forest Hills Eastern, Aiden Gurdon made like three only like three or four passes completed two of them, but they were just like those nice little tight end outs or uh, slants that really like broke up. Hills Eastern's defensive attack when they were just trying to chuck blitzes at them to get these run plays done. So I think Cadillac has a good shot to uh, move on. Edwardsburg is
2: ranked number one in the state in division in Division Four. So
0: yeah, so Edwardsburg once again, these are all, so all these teams are going up against number one rank ranked schools. Edwardsburg is number one once again. I don't know very much about them, but they they did roll their semifinal or their regional final opponent. Now, one more game to talk about, Andrew. You uh, got to see Traverse City Central win their first regional title in 32 years. I know that's big for one of our bigger schools up here. Uh, What happened over there? Well, it
1: seemed like it was going to be a lot closer game in the first half. Justin Whitehorn is a gosh darn athlete for North Farmington. Uh, A kid with a Saginaw Valley State commit as well. He had well over 100 yards just in the first half alone. It seemed like he was just going to run his way to victory with them. I think they had a lead at half. It was around 10-7. And you know, Traverse City Central would have been in within a score. All they needed to do was get a touchdown in the second half and hold them defensively. And it looked like it was going to be much of either come down. It was probably going to come down to the last drive. That's not what happened. Josh Burnham picks up a fumble and just takes it to the house, and then takes over the game pretty much himself. Five touchdowns for I think he had 200 yards of offense, 86 in the air, 90 on the ground, four touchdowns on the ground on 12 carries. You could not. He was spinning around and you couldn't really tackle him and then they were doing some crazy stuff where he was going out at wide receiver and ryan royston was going in at quarterback and sometimes he would be a blocking wide receiver and carson hall would go and catch and catch a pass or carson bordeaux would catch a pass it was i almost thought of it as like Remember when Barry Bonds was getting intentionally walked so often because you knew that you didn't want want to pitch to him because you knew what he was capable of? That's what Central was doing with Josh Burnham, where the teams knew that he was the best athlete on the field, so you're going to double-team him. But then you forget that Traverse City Central has just freaks athletes at every position and one of the best offensive lines in the state. So they pulled away 36 points in about 13 minutes, I think was the official uh, tally, and they're moving on to face a – Number one ranked Muskegon on a Shores team, which is a team which has just gotten just enough college athletes as they do. I mean, their quarterback's going to Ferris, um, undefeated, just had a barn burner with East Lansing in the game that you were following. Jake, what do, you, what do you make of this game? I mean, some are calling it the best playoff matchup in the state. Well, I'm,
0: I, I, I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, that, that game against East Lansing that Mona Shores had, like you said, it came down to a, literal, a field goal as time expired, which we'll talk and about. I it thought,
1: a, like I said, I thought the Central game was going to be the exact same way.
0: But they, once again, they pulled away, and I, I, I'm i sitting here like this. I watched some of that game, and I know about some of the players on Muskegon Mona Shores. Um, Muskegon Mona Shores is good. They always have, and they usually have good and fast big kids. Um, I think that Muskegon Motorsports probably has a bit more size than Traverse City Central, but I do think the Traverse City Central is the more explosive team, and it's we can talk a little bit more about it later if we were to, like pick or anything like that. But like I think Traverse City Central is a really good shot in this game because of their explosiveness. They average like 48 points a game. Defense is going to be paramount, but we know how their offense works. Even, like you said, if they're down a little bit or if they give up, say, 20, 25 points, I don't think there's a way to stop Traverse City Central's offense from scoring three or four times in a game.
1: I mean, they literally recovered their own kickoff for a touchdown. (laughs) Well, I'm
0: I'm not even talking about special teams. I'm just talking about their offense. Just Traverse City Central's offense, I think it is good enough that any team, Mona Shores, anybody else, they have to not only hold them, to say 28 points, but they have to score more than 28 points to beat them. 28 points is still, I think that Traverse City Central has surpassed 30 points in every game this season, if I'm not mistaken. I think Mona Shores is going to have issues with trying to stop, like you said, the freak athletes that Traverse City Central has with Josh Burnham. But, yeah, with those freak athletes that Traverse City Central has, the explosive offense, I do think this is going to be the best playoff game in the state this weekend. Uh, number one team, Traverse City Central, obviously I don't think they got all the love that they deserved throughout the season on the, uh, the rankings. I think they peaked at number 10 or something like that. But either way, I do believe this is going to be one of the better games of the year, uh, if not the best game of the year. Um, both the teams on the other side of that bracket uh, came into the playoffs with a losing record. So, this is to me kind of like there's, there's no de facto state championship, but whoever wins this game is going to be favored for the state championship come the week, the following week. But let's go ahead and talk to one of those freak athletes. Let's get an insight from the athletes themselves. Traverse City Central's Carson Bordeaux, who had two interceptions in the game, is against North Farmington. Uh, we got his insight about the game and what is ahead for the Trojans. Let's go ahead and get a listen to that now. The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome in Traverse City Central Jr. Carson Bordeaux for episode 158. Thank you so much for joining us today, Carson. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I know you guys are in the middle of a historic season for Traverse City Central. It's an extremely exciting time for you guys going into the state semifinals. But before we talk about your team, we got to get to know you a little bit with our Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsor at Jimmy John's. Let's go ahead and get started with this. What is the most embarrassing thing you have ever worn? for basketball, like pre-game
3: basketball, I would always wear pink socks to school and people would always think that was pretty embarrassing, but I thought it was kind of cool. So
0: Is that like a good luck thing or like a like yeah, a superstition?
3: I, I, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought it was, but people kind of looked at me funny, so. <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: What's hey. what what's one New Year's resolution that you've actually upheld in your life? Jeez, I
3: told myself a couple years ago that I was going to start working out and like doing push-ups and sit-ups every single night and I did that. And I I still do that every single night. I do push-ups and sit-ups every night. So I I still do that from two years
0: ago. Not even just a New Year's resolution. It's like a new life resolution. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A couple years ago, yep. Best football movie? Best football movie.
3: Oh, The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. It's a classic.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm a big Adam Sandler fan, so. Uh, Okay, so what's the best Adam Sandler movie then?
3: Yeah. Waterboy. Actually, that might be the best. That might be the best football movie, actually.
0: Okay. I, you know what? I never. That's funny. You bring that up. I don't think that's ever been in the conversation for like best football movie. But that is totally a great football movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. What's the worst Adam Sandler movie? Oh geez, I don't even know what it's called. But I watched this one on Netflix a couple weeks ago. That was, I had to turn it off. It was pretty bad. But or one of his new Netflix specials. Yeah.
0: I think I think he had like six of them, and like one of those six was actually a good one. Yeah. Exactly.
3: I watched one of the five out of the six and it was not that good.
1: Uh, do you got a favorite um, album? Love is
3: Rage 2 by Luluzi Vert, okay.
0: 2017. Okay, okay. Now, last yeah. one, you're on death row. What's your last meal? I got to go back with the steak and, steak and potatoes. What kind of nice. potatoes?
3: Some red skinned mashed, red skin potatoes, and a 10 ounce filet. Mm. Oh, that, was, yeah.
0: that was our Freaky Fast Five, sponsored by our sponsors over there at Jimmy John's. Let's go ahead and get into the rest of this interview with Carson and uh, you know the Traverse C. Central Junior, who has helped lead them all the way to its first regional title in 32 years. I know you guys have been talking about that title and more since even the beginning of this season. We've talked to Coach Eric Sugars over and over again, and he said that you guys have had this belief that you guys were meant for something more this year. You're in the midst of this, and you guys win that regional title. What are the emotions like right now, and looking forward to see what the next step could bring for you?
3: Yeah, so we're totally blessed with this opportunity to obviously win the regional championship and play this defending state title Muskegon-Mona Shores team, so it's a great opportunity for us, and 32 years is a long time, and we have a special group of guys, and we wanted to prove that to everyone, and we think we did that, and we still got some more to prove, but we're just blessed to be at this point like to be able to play right now with all the uncertainty that's had throughout this season like being canceled like three different times like we're just blessed to be here and being still playing so
0: now do you feel blessed that it's january football i mean the uh, the, the, the weather this past weekend was obvious it was it was a lot better than i think anybody expected but according to the weathermen this weekend coming up might not be so friendly how how is the attitude about playing in january hard ground i mean you guys got turf there but you guys don't get the home field anymore
3: hmm So, yeah, so obviously weather's going to play a pretty distinct role in these games, but, I mean, we're just more focused on the task at hand, and right now we're just trying to prepare for this great team that we're about to play with, some great players on it, and hopefully the weather won't impact us too much and we can just go out and play football, the game that we love and the teammates that we love, and hopefully, I mean, when, when we play, I mean, the adrenaline kicks in, so, like, most of us weren't even feeling the cold weather. There's so much adrenaline in a regional championship or semifinal or district championship, so the adrenaline kicks in big time, especially during these cold winter northern Michigan months. I mean,
1: what was that, 38 points in 13 minutes against uh, North Farmington? And You had nearly a pick six and all these other crazy stuff in that game. I mean, what, what what was that game all about just from your perspective? Because it seemed like it was not going that way the first quarter, first first half and early in the third.
3: Yeah, I think it was 56 days or something crazy like that since the last time we played a football game. So that first half, it was kind of still rusty. We were shaking off some rust. And, I mean, we went into halftime, and nothing on our game plan changed. We just, like I said, we just have to relax. Just keep playing our game. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go our way. And that's what we did. We all relaxed. We started making plays. And once that confidence flipped, we could get going and get rolling. And we had a few big plays that, Definitely flipped it, and then before we know it, we're up, and we have all the confidence, and we're getting excited and all that, and it, it was fun. It was I mean, exciting. what
1: five touchdowns by Josh Burnham, and that's not really anything unusual. He picks up a ball and runs it back for a touchdown. That's not anything unusual either. I mean, how, how fast is this Trojans offense going? I mean, we haven't even been at some of the games that you guys have just blown out teams by sixty points. I mean, what what is about your offense that just works so well? You think?
3: Um, our offense is. It's it's pretty fun to be a part of with guys like Austin and Carson Hall and our receivers like Dante and Nolan and obviously Josh and our O-line is something special this year. Like we are all super close as an offense and we all believe that we say we're going to do something we can all do it. So just running behind our big O-linemen and we have very fast guys in Austin and Carson Hall and obviously Josh helps out a bunch too. So I mean having, you're
0: you're pretty fast yourself. You know, yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, what what do you think is the most, uh, what, what do you think is the biggest part of that offense? Obviously, you just mentioned five different things that are kind of like a five tool deal for your guys' offense with speed, the offensive line, you know, even the execution that you guys are able to do. The running back with Austin Bills, I mean, his mm-hmm. feet are fast. What do you think is like the biggest cog in that machine? Our O line, for sure. Um, we
3: talked about during the game how our O line is just going to keep hitting and hitting and they're going to start wearing out. The backers and their D line is going to start wearing out. And by the end of the, Third quarter, start of the fourth. I mean, they were wheezing because they were so tired of getting hit. So our O line is definitely
0: the juggernaut behind our offense. There are there are boys up there. I mean, for you, sure. We we talk about your guys' offense all the time, how explosive it is. But I want to talk about your defense, and I mean, even you individually, in particular. I think now with the with the playoffs, you got something like eleven or thirteen interceptions on the year. What about those game-changing plays, the momentum shift? What do you think those do for your team when you can get the ball back and give it back to that explosive offense the way that you have so many times this season?
3: Yeah, for sure. So, coach, our coaches on defense, we basically try and get the ball back to our offense as soon as possible because if the ball's in our offense most of the game, we're we're confident about uh, about the game. So, our coaches make sure that we know certain things that they like to do and. They watch tons of film. They have us totally prepared for everything that they're going to throw at us. So, like, all my credit for everything that I've accomplished just goes to the coaches because they have me – they tell me what to do. They tell me what's going to happen. And then I just have to go out there and execute it. So, it's pretty, it's pretty easy for me. Like, I know it's coming because they can just teach me. Stuff like that just is super impactful. And getting the ball back to our offense is very helpful. So, yeah. So,
2: how many games do you have where you only have one interception?
3: Because it's I, uh, less
2: than games that you have
3: two. Yeah, I had <laughs> one against Schwartz Creek, and that was it. One, then two, and every yeah. other one. <laughs> every other yeah. time he gets interceptions, it's two. Why is it always two? That's a great question. Yeah, I, I think it's just how much the preparation goes into the coaches and film watching. Our our whole defense, the pass rush, when they get to the quarterback, and we knew, especially with like that last game with Farmington, if we could get a little bit of a pass rush, he might rush a throw up there too, and that's how I got. Both of them actually was because our, our D line had a great pass rush on them.
2: So you got to the point now where if you don't have two interceptions, you're uh, disappointed.
3: <laughs> no, <laughs> no. As long as we win, I'm happy. I, I want to talk well, about get to go into each game though. The goal that, that's your goal. Two picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My goal just right now is preparing for the next game against this great team, and hopefully,
0: yeah. I, I want to talk about this. This the history you guys have made you know this is like this is the first time that Traverse City Central has won uh you know a regional title when you guys are by yourselves you know what I'm saying when you guys aren't facing off against T.C. West or anything you know way back in 88 it was just one big school um so now you guys kind of have made that and Traverse City West has never gotten to that point so you guys have kind of like for our biggest schools have kind of reached further than we have in in so long what is the the reflection like when you look back at the the season that you guys have had, the way you guys have talked about it since the off season, the ups and downs, and being able to reach a, one of the goals that not just you guys, but I'm sure every Traverse City Central team has had for the last 32 years.
3: Yeah, it's crazy to like sit back and think like what we've accomplished this year. My dad actually played quarterback for the Trojans in 1990 and 1991, and he made it to the regional final game two years in a row and ended up losing both those games. It was, it was even crazier for me because... Like I was able to accomplish something that I've always heard about growing up, but didn't actually get to experience like a win. So like being able to say like, "Yeah, we were a regional champion in the year of 2020, a crazy year." It's something special. And 32 years is a long time. But Coach Shugs, we, our team motto this year is "Take the next step." Which I mean, we were we always knew we had the guys. We were just so close, and losing that first round last year really put in our minds like this is not how we want to go out as a program like we're better than this like we can make a run we can do this thing so and don't you guys have
1: coach sherwin on your staff from the 88 team
3: yep what's on our line staff for sure what's what's he saying we also have coach clark so he was on the 88 team or 85 i don't remember but he has a ring so we have a couple guys who have won won rings and i mean it's just a very very special thing to win be a state championship and have a state title ring and we just are blessed with an opportunity to be closer and closer every single week to becoming one of those people. Have you changed the
2: uh, the motto to uh, make it plural now, to
3: take the next <laughs> steps? <laughs> Not yet, no. Just looking forward to competing every single week and hopefully coming back every single week with another win. But, so what do you guys know about uh, Mona Shores? Mona Shores is a phenomenal football team, phenomenal football program. They're the defending state champs, and they have – Incredible quarterback safety and Brady Rose. He's a great player, and we're still struggling on how we're looking to stop him. He's 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 a great player for sure. So it's going to be a good game, and they're a great team, and definitely not underestimating them. They are they are for real. They are they are they are a great team.
0: I, I don't want to jump way too far ahead, but I have to think about it this way. Um, you guys have you know you say take the next step and you guys have won a regional title this year and obviously this week is a big, big goal, but you know i sit I sit around and I still look at your guys team and it's like this even even if this week would be the end of the season or not, you guys have. A core of players who are going to be back next season as well you guys you got a junior class right now that is like pretty outrageous in in numbers and in skill how much you guys how much you guys talked about not just even this year but just cultivating you know that kind of aura around this team for the next you know say what 15 games of your guys's career
3: right, right right all honesty we haven't talked about it once we've just been focused on one week at a time but I mean, if you look back, we do have kids returning, but we're also losing a bunch of people. We're losing Carson Briggs; he's a Division One lineman. We're losing Austin Bills. We're losing Carson Hall, Nolan Brightup. We're losing guys on the D line. We're losing tons of tons of people. So I mean, and this season we're such a close group of guys. Our connection is crazy, and that's why we've been able to make a run in the playoffs. But um.
0: I would say, do you think Do you think your guys' connection has only been strengthened by the, the crazy roller coaster that has happened this year?
3: For sure. Totally. So, after, like, basically in quarantine, so March, we got together as a team and started throwing, I'd say, once every other day. And then, so we went through that all throughout summer. And we remember the first time football got canceled, we texted the group chat and said, all right, let's go throw. And there's no coaches at any of these, um, obviously, so – it was just us, so we just bonded over that, and the connection just grew and grew and grew. And then 56, 57 days ago, I said, all right, we're going on another pause. So we always were texting each other, always connecting, making sure that we were still working. It, it, it's a special group of guys. We have a crazy bonding connection for sure.
0: So you guys are like, hey, pause. Hey, let's go play some more football. Hey, pause. Yeah, let's go play some more football. Exactly. Pause. Exactly. Let's go play some more football. That's
3: the mindset we had to have, so – even if we like we none of us ever expected that we wouldn't get another game together we thought that if we didn't get to finish it this year it would be in the spring or maybe late this year and obviously it was late this year and into the next 2021 we're just blessed we were able to still play some more ball and hopefully still some more
0: what's the biggest lesson that you as an individual and you guys as a team have learned uh through what has what i would label (laughs) as probably the craziest football season in michigan high school sports history
3: I'd say the biggest lesson I learned is just how crazy life is and how, like, lucky I am. You Look at how COVID has affected everyone. And you look at how our football team is in the semifinals compared to how some people are having tons of family members in the hospital or something, some experiences like that. I haven't had a loved one die or anyone know die. um, So I'm beyond blessed and lucky to have on this so far and just been able to play football with my friends and make it to the state semis that's just taught me how lucky and like never take anything for granted the first week of football like we thought we were on and coach would tell us every single day like this could be your last practice you you could be done after this how are you, how are you gonna end it uh, we still talk like that like this is the last practice, how, how do we want it? How are we going to work? Which makes you just go out there and try your hardest every single practice because who knows if it would be your last. So, yeah, the biggest lesson I learned was never take anything for granted because who knows what would happen and then how, how lucky of an individual I was to play some football with my best friends through 2020 and make it to the state semis.
2: I was talking to one of the coaches earlier this season and they were saying that you weren't necessarily always fast. Oh, and that you kind gosh. of you kind of made yourself fast what what was that process and how did it kind of go
3: yeah so i still don't consider myself like fast i still see a lot of room for improvement which i'm looking forward to playing next year hopefully a lot faster but um it was like freshman year i was running some flying 10 times 40 times like a lineman would on our varsity team and kind kind of like that new year's resolution i just said like you know what like that's not who i Think I am. That's not who I want to be. Like, I'm gonna like flip that switch and start working and start putting in work and listen to the coaches for sure. And our coaching staff and our weight room and coach Glee just can switch those like mentalities and switch those bodies and speeds so fast for people if you just listen to them. And that's what I did. I bought in and it worked totally for me. And hopefully, still got some more to improve. And have you guys considered
2: renaming the offense the Carson offense? (laughs) Because you got three of you.
3: (laughs) Yeah, me, Carson Hall, and Carson Briggs. Um, Not yet, but um, it's going to be weird next year without the two other Carsons and not looking or knowing that they're talking to you when someone calls Carson. Do <laughs> so, yeah.
0: you guys go by your last names, I assume? Yeah,
3: yeah, we do. I mean, Carson Briggs goes by Gort, so that's pretty distinctive. His nickname is Gort. Um, okay, there's got to be a story behind that. So his brother just called him at one day, I guess. I'm not really like too 100% on the story, but I guess his brother called him one day and then it just kind of took off from there. And now... I mean, I, I don't call him Carson ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alrighty, Carson. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode 158 of the Get Around. It was a great chat with you and learn a bit more, a little bit more about the Trojans as you head into your game against Mona Shores. We wish you guys the best of luck in the state semifinals. We hope to see you guys take that next step. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Another huge thank you to Carson Bordeaux for joining us here at the Get Around. I know everybody's excited to see that semifinal game this weekend and hopefully see them down at Ford Field in just a couple of weeks. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh meat, bread, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak yeah. we got three more games to talk about, gentlemen, and these are three that I feel like we're going to have to kind of do a wait-and-see approach. We'll start with the one that played this week, and then we'll talk about the two that got kind of pushed on to the next round. Uh, we weren't at this Joburg game, but Joburg beat Iron Mountain 7-6 to six at the Superior Dome as Iron Mountain missed a field goal as time expired wide left. I, we, we know that Joburg, once again, they had a very high-powered offense. They were playing inside. It's a bit different than what they're used to. But I was super surprised that they were only held to seven points, regardless of Iron Mountain or not. Regard, you know, Mar- Iron Mountain's always been good and they only played three games this year. But the fact that that game was 7-6 to six really, really, really surprised me. They go on to play UBLY next. I want to preview more than we can reflect because we really didn't get to see that game, and Iron Mountain only played three games, so I don't know how much of a testament that is to anything. But, James, you said that you think this is probably the one game this weekend that our local team is the favorite, no? I, I think it's the
2: one that's the most, yes. Joe Berg has just uh, obviously shown that they can shut down high-power teams. They can score on their own. And uh, I, I just kind of have a, I just have a feeling about this one. And like you said, we've got a, a string of our teams running into teams that are that are ranked number one in the state. <laughs> so, and with with Ubley, we don't have that. Um, you know, they're they're ranked decent, but not not that high.
0: Well, I mean, obviously they're not number one because Joe Berg has more points and gets the home game, which. We should announce Mm -hmm. and we got the news today. That game will actually be played at Thoroughby Field this weekend. So if there's any Joburg natives who don't get to go out there that very often, hey, make sure you check it out at Thoroughby Field. Yeah, they
1: were going to play at Frankfurt until that game got canceled. Um, That would have been cool to go see Joburg. But, yeah, welcome to Traverse City, Joburg. uh, We write about you and talk about you in the paper all the time, but you're an hour and 45 minutes away.
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that uh, you know we were worried about how the athletes would – would take this two-month layoff, or almost two-month layoff, and it actually turns out that it's the fields themselves that didn't uh, survive the layoff as well. Right,
0: right. The, 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 <laughs> they, they didn't do too much upkeep on the fields with the weather. I can understand We're, it. It's like, we've never played January football before. Like, the, the fields aren't supposed to be in good shape right now. They're supposed to be frozen. Yeah, and, and nobody knows how to keep these fields up like this because
2: nobody's ever had to really do it before at, at this high school level. I mean, yeah. if you're not running an NFL team's, Facility, you you know you you don't know how to have a an outdoor field play ready in late January. you
0: yeah, know I was cracking up with uh, Cadillacs, Fred Bryant, after they got the move game. To, the game moved to Thurlby. I was like, this has to give you so much leverage with the school board to finally get a turf field at Cadillac because they're the only ones in the Big North who don't have a turf field. <laughs> I was like, you you got your first regional title, but you had to do it at Thurlby, So time to get a turf field at Cadillac. But nonetheless, Joeberg has probably the not I'm not saying the best shot, but. Probably the best odds if you look at it. They are the you know the higher ranked team. They have the home field advantage technically, even though it's not technically their home field. I mean, like you said, Ubbly's Ubley. way up in the thumb. So this is gonna be a long drive for Ubbly to get up here to Traverse City. It's I mean it's still a couple hours for Joburg, but you know they just went up to the Superior Dome and had to do this. So this is nothing for them. I think that. Joberg has a really, really good shot of making their way down to Ford Field in Division Eight. Now we have, now we got two more games. Ugly,
1: to ugly is. I do want to, to talk about football with them. They did lose two games. One was to Sandusky. The other was to Harbor Beach. I've never heard of.
0: They're both of in the teams. thumb. They're, yeah, they're yeah. both other teams in the thumb.
1: Yeah, they played. They just came off of Carson City Crystal, which I don't know much about either.
0: That's a Lansing area <laughs> team. Either way, Shout
1: out a couple teams.
0: Either way. I, I, I think Joe Bird gets back to their form of scoring like 40 points in a game this week. And uh, we'll see. We got two more games to talk about, fellas. And these are really big ones. And this is where there's a lot of questions. And the big thing with, you know, I guess we'll start off with Traverse City St. Francis and we'll save the state final for last. The big thing with Traverse City St. Francis is, you know, they came in. They are getting prepared. They, they knew well before that Oscoda, you know, backed out of this. So they stopped you know, preparing for Oscoda and have just been practicing and getting their own game plan back underway. I think that's a very beneficial deal. Even though they haven't played a game, which I think that would have been more beneficial, it's so hard to now think that, you know, they're on what, now a 63-day layoff in between games instead of 56 like the rest of these teams. Traverse City St. Francis is in a bit of a peculiar situation that, you know, they have to go into a state semifinal having not played in two months. That, that's that, that's wild but we know what they're capable of but they also they're going up against Cass City who took out number one ranked Ithaca in a landslide I think it was like 44 to 7 or something like that mm-hmm. or 44 to 12 regardless you know I thought I know I know a lot about Ithaca I thought Ithaca was going to be the ones to, you know meet up with Traverse East St. Francis that was actually really I was going to be really excited for that game, but Cass City, nonetheless, they take out Ithaca, and now they're facing Traverse City, St. Francis. I want to ask you guys, is it more of, I mean, how much of a detriment do you think it is that Traverse City, St. Francis didn't get to play a regional final game?
2: Well, they were going to have a good basketball team, from what I've heard this season, too, so that I think the players, once that quarterback got hurt in the meantime, in between their last football game and this, and this one, um, when he got hurt, I think that really I think, hurt their chances, and they started looking forward to, to basketball.
0: Really took the wind out of their sails. I think it'll be interesting to do the,
2: an over-under on how many times do you think the ball will be thrown in this football game?
0: From Cass City and St. Francis? Total. I'll say six.
2: I, w- I, w- I would set the over-under at about six, yeah. Yeah. Because I get, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet you that Cass City doesn't throw the ball once.
0: And I'm going to bet you St. Francis does about four <laughs> times. Or something like that, because they didn't.
2: I don't think they threw the ball a single time against Ithaca. They ran for 470 yards. They <laughs> ran a pure wing tee.
0: And, I mean, we know Trevor so, City, we know Trevor City Saint Francis isn't the biggest fan. I mean, they've aired it out a bit more over the last couple of years. We know they got mm-hmm. the arm for it, but if a game is being ran like that, I'm not so sure. I would say under six. Mm-hmm. And and we'll see how the weather is on Saturday too. Yeah. In case anybody didn't know, from what I've heard, it, we're supposed to get a snowstorm across the state this weekend. So that could get really interesting for these games. And I, I kind of want to bring up that point. The the volleyball coaches, you know, um, you know, they're kind of banking on the fact that it's been a long layoff. Even the best teams aren't their best right now. You know, anybody can kind of win. You toss a big snowstorm into this, who cares if you're playing the number one team in the state? It's about who overcomes adversity. That's all it is. It doesn't matter how good you are. What It's about who can overcome a 60-day layoff, playing in snow when... I would say what 95% of these kids have never played a game of football in the snow, you know. It, it's going to be mm-hmm. it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting weekend for these games.
2: And it and it's going to be an adjustment for Cass City too because you know that last game they were the road team so they were at Ithaca, but that game didn't get played at Ithaca. It got played at the same place that the eight player finals are going to be played at this weekend indoors. Wait, that really didn't get so play played. So they played an indoor game. They didn't even have to deal with the weather either.
0: They really didn't Play at Ithaca. That's like a such a nice football stadium. No, they yeah.
1: played it at like some indoor place in Brighton. Yeah, that's where yeah,
0: that's where same. Suns Bay is going to play for the state finals.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They moved that. They moved that game indoors. Uh, you know, I'm not sure why field conditions. Maybe yeah, I'm not sure. So, Cass City played a game indoors. Still ran the ball for 470 yards, <laughs> but you know they didn't have to deal with those those elements that they're going to. Next week.
0: I mean speaking of indoor games at Brighton in Brighton, we have one more game to talk about and that is the Suttons Bay Norseman who got a you know a pass into the state Finals after a couple of positive tests uh, came from their semifinal opponent. I know Garrick Opie wasn't too happy about not getting a chance to play and kind of shake that rust off. Uh, they are going to play Adrian Lenaway Christian, who has, you know, according to what I've looked at in the playoffs, in the playoffs especially, they have destroyed their opponents by an average of about 40 points. Uh, they have ran through their season pretty heftily, uh, pretty easily this this year, and I would say, you know, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Adrian Lenoway christian has to be the favorite in this game, especially after having a week to shake off the rust, get back into the swing of things, and now Sutton's Bay is in their second consecutive state finals game against a very, very good team. They, they lost to Cologne last year, but, I mean, we're coming against somebody who's averaging well over 50 points a game. They have a lot of big players, and they have a big team for an eight player team, like, numbers-wise. I know you talked to Garrick last week, James, and I know, like I said, he wasn't too happy about missing a game, but what are they looking forward to playing down in Brighton this week?
2: Um, well, I mean, you know, it'll be, it'll be nice to play indoors. I know, uh, you know, a lot of the people in Sutton's Bay and a lot of people in the eight-player football community in, in general are not happy that, the, that the, the eight-player finals are kind of getting the cold shoulder, you know, even though they're moving indoors, that they're not getting played at Ford Field with the rest of the games or... At the Superior Dome, which at least has is a pretty cool venue to hold those things at. Instead, they're essentially moving these games to a practice facility in Brighton that has a few bleachers, and uh, so they they kind of feel like they're second class citizens. Um, and Garrick Opie voiced that displeasure in the uh, article that I had um, earlier about the the forfeit and stuff. But you know, so and, and they're going to have their hands or their work cut out for them too against Adrian Lenoway Christian. They're ranked number one in the state. Mm-hmm. So that's what three, four of our four. team are playing the number one team. Four, and
1: they gotta be like it's number just, one in the state by far too, because they the they've just they just been killing like, people.
2: Yeah,
0: and I
1: mean, they and, allowed like less than twenty points
0: every game. Well, yeah. so, is and, and so is Suttons Bay. So is Suttons Bay. I I want to bring this up. I I think everybody forgets about how good Suttons Bay's defense is, led by Mikey Whitman. They have not allowed mm-hmm. they have not allowed more than twenty points in a game this season. I think twenty one actually. They allowed twenty one one time four out of their seven regular six regular season games they allowed eight points or less and this is eight man football where they should be able to score just on a on a broken play or something you know Sun's base mm-hmm. defense is good, and I'm going to give them the credit they deserve. They're going to have to stop a really good Adrian Linnerley Christian offense, and but still, Hugh Perryard, Sean Bramer, these guys—they are athletes through and through, and have impressed us all season long against the competition here and otherwise. I mean, the, the hard part is once again they're on a 60-day layoff. Adrian Linnerley Christian has already kind of played a game. That's what worries me the most about this game, but. Sutton's Bay has done one hell of a job making a name for themselves in eight-player football. You know, mm-hmm. a couple a couple of regional final appearances, and then you go on, and then two straight state finals appearances. They're knocking on the doorstep. If it's not this year, it's soon, I promise. It's going to happen again because they are what I'm going to start to consider an eight-man football powerhouse.
2: Oh, I, I definitely think they
0: are. So... Those are our six games coming up this weekend. Like I said, I, I know I am. I know you fellas are. I'm pretty sure everybody in the area is just, like, over the moon, ecstatic about this. We had, you know, we just did our top ten stories of 2020 for the end of the year, right? And we're like, oh, yeah, northern Michigan soccer dominance. Regardless of the season, I don't think that – I don't know, James. You're, you've you been here longer. Have we ever had five state semifinalists and a state finalist in the same season?
2: No. not Nowhere even close. You know, I think – it was crazy last year when we had what three? Yeah, <laughs> we had Kingsley, Glen Lake, and Saint Francis, and, and yeah, and Saint Francis all playing on the on the same day, and then we had Sons Bay was in the yeah the final. Uh, so so last year was just kind of was crazy, you know. We, and we had to you know we're like oh well, we have to start hiring freelancers to do some of this stuff because we don't have enough bodies to go around, and we're going to have to do the same thing this week uh, as. <laughs> And then it'll get even more complicated if we have some volleyball teams still playing on Saturday.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to like double our entire staff with freelancers this weekend just to make sure we get all these games in, which is awesome. And that's what I so, – I can't get over how awesome it is.
2: Yeah. So I, I'm I'm pretty absolutely confident that this level of this many teams playing this far to the football playoffs has never happened in the northwest lower Michigan.
0: Now, like I said, I was surprised that we went 6-for-6 six six this past weekend. I know – I, I, there's just I, I'm not trying to be a, a you know a bugaboo, but there is a very 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 small chance that we go six for six this weekend, right? Or at least five. Only
2: four number one teams. Yeah, I exactly. It's unlikely that all six teams win.
0: Yes, but, but out of six, I feel like we have a good shot at having some people in the state finals. Or out of five, I guess we already have one in the state finals. But out of the other five, I think we have a pretty good shot at having a couple teams make their way down to Ford Field for what will be a bit different, but in, nonetheless just as exciting. State finals run. We here at the Record Eagle, we're proud of all these teams. I'm so glad that we get to cover them and we're back and they're back and the layoff didn't, you know, completely destroy everybody's hopes and dreams. So, screw you, coronavirus. We might get some state titles out of this.
2: We'll get a trip to Detroit, hopefully.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. I could go see my family again. Anyways, that's going to do it for our previews and our roundups of the last few games. Those segments sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. We have a couple segments left, and first we just got to go into our Hall of Fame. It's been a while, but we actually have sports back, so that means we put somebody else into the Hall of Fame. We each have a performance from our games, and we're going to vote on them per usual to see who is the latest member inducted. I will go first from my game, the Cadillac game. Carter Harsh was kind of the difference maker there. They were down two scores and turned around, and he picked off a pass right as Forest Hills Eastern was entering the red zone, turned that momentum around. That's when they drove down, put up that – that touchdown, and they came back. Carter scored two touchdowns in the second half, uh, rushing touchdowns in the second half, and kind of sparked Cadillac to that comeback victory for their first ever regional title. So he's my nomination. What about you, fellas?
1: Uh, podcast, Carson Bordeaux. Uh, Six times he touched the ball. He got 130 yards out of that and a touchdown. Two picks, two. And like I said, he was just one of those guys that – in addition to Josh Burnham was just an, another athlete on the field you
2: couldn't forget about yeah, and then the other guy is well, somebody we already talked about uh, David Milliken from Grayling in that game against Nagani I mean uh, I felt sorry for those kids from Nagani trying to tackle him I mean 18 carries for 268 that's just, that's, just ridiculous. that's like 14 plus yards a carry
0: Yeah, that, the average you're getting two first downs for every time you touch the ball yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, his, his five TD runs were a combined 174
0: yards. That's just, yeah, you're not you're not tackling that kid. So let's put it to a vote. I, I mean, I, I can't lie. I think it's obvious. I have to vote for David Milliken.
1: I tried to put him up for the Hall of Fame earlier this year, and you guys were like, "Nah, we're good. But I think it's eh, better late than never, David Milliken.
2: I don't remember us ever saying no on David Milliken, but I'm going to vote for David It's
1: not, it's not that, that we really said like, no. He was Stats.
0: Well, yeah, but in, it, all it takes is a better performance from somebody on that said week. This week, yeah. David Milliken had the best performance. For sure. James, are you are you voting for Milliken as well? We're making it unanimous? Yeah,
2: I mean, five TDs. He's had two play, games in the playoffs where he scored five TDs already this year and four in
0: another. I mean, almost 300 That's yards rushing. That's just nuts. So congratulations to Graylings' David Milliken for being the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. The first of 2021. So get that new class started. That's how we like to hear it. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. at Jimmy John's, they spend six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's, freak yeah. That brings us into our final segment, the trifecta. And we have been really football-focused and um, completely into these games. So for our trifecta, I want to do some picks. And I know that we can get some flack for this. And they may not like to, you know, like what they hear, but I'm also I'm here, and I've said this a hundred times over. If there's coaches, athletes, I'm here for your poster board material. Stick my name up there, put my face on there, throw darts at it if you have to, and uh, tell your team this guy doesn't believe in you. You better prove him wrong, because if you can prove me wrong, it's all the better. So we're gonna make some picks. Uh, we each are gonna pick two games since there's six games this weekend. We're each gonna pick two games. Uh, James, I'm, I'm 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 picking games that we have. Have not seen that we have the games that we have not covered, so this is this is just ones that we know. So, James, I'm gonna have you pick Sutton's Bay and Johannesburg Lewiston. Andrew, you are going to pick Cadillac and Traverse City St. Francis. I'm gonna do Traverse City Central and Grayling. James, let's start with you. Sutton's Bay in that state championship against Lenaway Christian. What's your pick? We want Uh, scores too, we want scores too. Just yeah, I mean,
2: Lenaway is ranked number one. And I mean, as much as I don't want to, you know, I, 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 you can't. It's hard to ignore that, um, and and the way they've just been steamrolling teams this season, and and the, the layoff that Suttons Bay's had, not playing a game last week, and all that. Uh, I, I think I think Lenawee has got to be the uh, the favorite here. Final score? It, it's eight man, so it'll probably be fairly high high scoring. I'll say like uh, forty two to thirty five.
0: righty. and then your other game, James, will be. Joburg and Ugly, who do you got? I'm gonna take Joburg in this game.
2: I I, it, I just think that uh, it's gonna be hard for anybody to stop Sheldon Huff and that wing tee. You know, um, Iron Mountain did a pretty good job of it, but you know that was indoors. Um, so I think I think outdoors kind of more suits Joburg. They've been practicing outdoors, having a good time doing it and everything for the last few weeks. So I think the outdoors actually gives them a little bit of a of a leg up there, score. I don't think it's going to be high scoring, kind of like the Iron Mountain game wasn't. But I'll say uh, twenty-eight to fourteen.
0: All righty, Andrew, you're next. So we'll, we'll go into the one. Traverse City Saint Francis. They get that long layoff, but they get to go play Cass City, who just t- took down Ithaca. They're one of our teams who isn't against the number one ranked team. Who do you got, and what's the score?
1: I think you just said it best. I mean, they beat Ithaca. <laughs> um, it's hard to. I don't know. I don't know the circumstances of that game in particular. But I think they were up like twenty to nothing in the first quarter against them. So I'm going to take. I have to take Cass City here in this position. Um, even though I haven't seen St. Francis in two weeks, I, I know Ithaca scored a couple points later in the game to make the score score a little bit better than it seemed. But Cass City just steamrolled Ithaca could, kind of in the same way the same way the Browns beat uh, the Steelers yesterday. You know, you thought they were going to come back and they didn't. Uh, I'm going to go. 30 to 20.
0: 30 to 20. Yeah, I think I think that layoff for Traverse St. Francis isn't isn't a friend at this point. And now your other game, Cadillac and Edwardsburg going up against Cadillac going up against another number 1 team in the state all the way down there at the south part of this lovely mitten. Who you got and what's the score?
1: Well, Edwardsburg hasn't really played that many teams this season. They've had a couple of games canceled, but they've only allowed one touchdown in what one, two, three, four, five, six of those. Their defense is just incredible and it's like well it's kinda like Lennox where um, you know what Cadillac's capable of, but you also know what Edwardsburg has done. So I'm gonna have to take Ad- 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 Edwardsburg in this situation. What's the score? Ooh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna take a lot of stuff for this. Thirty eight to seven.
0: Alrighty. Sounds like it sounds like a lopsided four- victory. I will. I,
1: uh, I. I mean, maybe a little more lopsided than
0: that. We'll see. Cadillac, you got you got a you got a little test on your hands. Let's prove everybody wrong. Now on mine, I have Traverse City Central and Mona Shores, and then Grayling Montague. I'll start with Grayling and Montague. We like you like you said, James. Montague fell in this spot to Glen Lake last year. Glen Lake made that run down to the state finals. I I don't know. I feel some magic with this Grayling team. Montague's got big kids, but. We've talked to Hunter. we talked to these guys. They had a rough start to the season. I feel like if there's anybody, I, they, I, Grayling has, since October 1st, I think, Grayling has been the one team that has actually played every minute, every down, every game like it is their last. Eric Tunney even you know, turned around and kind of made it seem like, oh, yeah, um, you know, we are done. But they've played every game like it's their last. I think they have some magic. I think that Grayling pulls this out over Montague. And this isn't like just me trying to be a homer. I do, too. I think Grayling pulls us out over Montague in a close game, 28 to 24.
1: I mean, we found them in this situation against
0: Manistee. I think Montague's a much better team than Manistee because Manistee didn't really play anybody. But I think a close game, 28-24. I think the magic stays. I think they hold on to that victory. It'll be like Montague has the ball and is going down to score in the last few minutes, and they have to do something big to make it happen. But I think Grayling takes this game, and then I'll actually do the same thing. I, Traverse City Central is playing Mona Shores, a number one ranked team. I, like I said earlier in the show, I think Traverse City Central has not gotten the proper amount of love from across the state or maybe even just from us here of how explosive and how good this offense is, not even just with Josh Burnham. We bring him up so many times, but there are so many good athletes on this Traverse City Central team on both sides of the football. I mean, Mona Shores, once again, that, that game with East Lansing, if anything, it just gave me more confidence that they aren't going to be able to keep up with the Trojans and their attack. Obviously, the defense is going to have to do a big things, but I'm going to give the Trojans the win 42-31. to 31. And it's, it's not, it, it, it'll be close, but not, not at the end of the game. I think that they're going to be able to hold on to this tightly and uh, take their road down to Ford Field. Hopefully, we have a couple of our local teams who make that jump, make that leap into the next round, and we will be <laughs> able to uh, you know follow them all the way down there and hopefully bring back some hardware for the northern Michigan area for the 2020-2021 football season. Other than that, this episode's over, fellas. We have had a nice long talk for football. It's so good to be back. It was so awesome to have, um, you know, something to cover this past weekend and something to look forward to covering this week. Don't forget that we have volleyball quarterfinals on Tuesday between Cadillac and Birch Run and Misik and Fowler. Those... Games will be covered in the Record Eagles, so look out in Wednesday's paper. Hopefully they will be headed down to Battle Creek with a chance to bring back some hardware as well. Stay updated with that coverage on record-eagle.com and in our newspaper all week. It's going to be a busy week for the sports guys here, so we are not going to hang out too much longer. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And hopefully we'll have great news to report on episode 159 after this week of football. Have a good week. We'll see you then.